I've got a declaration of independence. I am unable to summarise mine. Oh. Welcome to Date Fight. We're crawling through the week together, and that's fun. Uh, it's the historical podcast where we take great moments and pit them against each other. He's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley, and we have mined this rich theme of history to bring out the blood diamonds of truth that are... I feel like it's very onerous for you. No, because it's like you, you're the one who has to come up with a different metaphor every day, and that's, that's grueling. That's hard. I mean, it was. I made it look extra hard today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get on with it. Round one. Shoot, Tex. Okay, let's go to the thirteenth of December, sixteen forty-two. All right then. When Abel Tasman. Okay, so that's what your cryptic. Yeah, I, I figured it was something Abel. Abel Tasman was the first European to see New Zealand. Oh, Tasman. Tasman. Okay. No, that's scat. <laughs> he landed. You're on thinking. The... <laughs> Yes, I am. Definitely. <laughs> so they landed on the northwest coast of the South Island of New Zealand in Golden Bay, at which point they were promptly attacked by native Maoris. Uh, four of them were killed and they were driven off, at which point Abel Tasman called Golden Bay Murderer's Bay. Did he really? He did. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was going to do a joke saying, then they called it Let's Not Go Back There Again Bay. And he, exactly he actually... He amazing. Um, recent archaeology has suggested that that was an important agricultural site and not having had any communication with the Europeans before they arrived, the natives were trying to protect uh, their crops. Okay. Assuming they were under attack. Yeah. Fair. So, the discovery of New Zealand by Europeans, that's what I'm going for first. Okay. I mean, I mate, I find your term discovery pretty offensive. Mate, it is offensive. It's uh, chosen to be okay. as offensive as possible. Good, good move. <laughs> going, <laughs> by going, Europeans going aggressive. I like that. Uh, I'm going to take you back to December the thirteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Uh, a little known chapter of the AIDS story, which was that people were trying to sort of identify this virus and work out what it was that was mm. attacking people and uh, and France ended up suing America over the discovery of an AIDS serum serum a serum what kind of serum you know a serum serum yeah, yeah i did an google serum, serum? I, I i googled serum to find yeah. out what it was and i don't really understand <laughs> basically officials at the pasteur institute yeah. said that they were suing the United States. The director of the Pasteur Institute, Raymond de Dondé, uh, he contended at a news conference that uh, his research team uh, had found the virus that caused AIDS and developed the first test to detect antibodies to the virus in 1983. Now, they mm. said that was a whole year before the American team, led by Dr. Robert Gallo of the National Cancer Institute, had done that. Uh, and they had months of kind of negotiations, saying, oh, I think we found it first. And they were saying, no, you didn't, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the reason uh, they did this, the Pasteur Institute, was they said um, they wanted to have their rights recognised in the name of the scientific ethic. Mm. That said, they reckon it was worth about $5 million a year. Right. Uh, which is what it really boiled down to. And uh, that, and ethics in... 
Science. Yeah, yeah, ethics and science and five and million, million a year million because of selling the blood test, which was mm. what the whole thing led to. Was it right? Was it the right? So had someone identified HIV as the virus that caused AIDS? Yeah, well, they both had, basically. Right. But, but France said, well, we did it a year before you in 1983. It's weird because no one told Andrew Neil, who spent all of the 1990s running articles in the Sunday Times suggesting that HIV didn't cause AIDS. But still, he but should probably be the person we look to to interview our future leaders. Definitely. And uh, what a great world we're waking up to this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know happy, happy 13th of December, everyone. I have a feeling no one's going to hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not weeping yeah. um, too hard yeah. for what can we your learn ears from to make sense. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, he's having uh, that. Uh, you are for my offensive use of the term discovered. <laughs> I mean, it's it's okay. unacceptable. It's just the mulled wine I'm talking gonna, I'm about going to say, you mean morning coffee? Morning coffee. Let's do some birthdays. Let's. Happy birthday. Let's go to 1476. Happy birthday to Lucy Broccadelli. She's a stigmatist. A oh. stigmatic. I d- I'm not. I'm, I am anything but a stigmatist. Yeah. Her hands were full of blood that resembled the wounds on Christ. Oh. Crucified. Uh, she was then accepted to found a new convent in Ferrara because the wounds on her hands were so convincing. But the Did anyone search her room for a compass? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or just check her fingernail length that she wasn't just... Uh, yeah. Um, but the town that had her, Vitebo, didn't want to lose her because she was such a good tourist attraction. So they locked her up and she had to escape to her to found a new convent in Ferrara. That's Lucy Broccatelli. Wow. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday also to Mary Todd Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's wife, who was also, before she married Lincoln, courted by his political opponent, Stephen A. Douglas. No way. Yeah. She had a thing for senators yep. and that. Yeah. Wow. Happy birthday to Matilda Fibiger. She was a Danish feminist and the first female telegraphist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because she tried to be a novelist but wasn't much good. Well, people didn't buy her novels enough. Okay. And so she became the first female telegraphist. Right. So she's still writing, just what anyone yeah, told her to. Someone else, <laughs> someone else has written. Happy death day to Catherine Stenbock. She was the last wife of Gustav I of Sweden. When she was left as the Dowager Queen, her stepson, Eric XIV, took over as king. And they had a very good relationship till one day he went mad, killed most of her family, and ran away. He was found a few days later wandering outside Uppsala, I think. Uppsala. <laughs> Uppsala. Uppsala killed the fam. <laughs> At which point he ran back and apologised to her for killing all her family. Oh, I'm she said sorry. it's okay, and they got on again for the rest of time. <laughs> and, well, until she died on this day in 1621. Happy death day to Gustave Le Bon, French polymath and dad of Simon. No. He's not. He's not. Oh, There's no relation. I'm so ready no. to believe you. <laughs> wow, French polymath. <laughs> Uh, he wrote The Crowd, A Study of the Popular Mind, and is of no relation to Simon. And Girls on Film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, happy death day to Irma Gresser, the female SS guard at Auschwitz. Uh, she was executed at 22. Crikey. Her mother had committed suicide at 14 by drinking hydrochloric acid. 
14. 14. No, well, when she was, when Irma was 14. Oh, okay. Although maybe she was just bringing that up so we felt sorry for her. I don't feel sorry for you. You were at Auschwitz. Round two. I'm taking you back mm-hmm. to December the 13th, 2006. What? When I was just 12? Mm, ish. When the Dutch-speaking half of Belgium declares its independence. Oh. Except it doesn't really. Oh. It's a public television channel uh, running a spoof news report. Mm. The programme was meant to stir up debate. That was the defence plea right. of the RTBF. Um, just discussing all the sides. Just thousands of people freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like world, War of the Worlds times two. Right. So uh, everyone went absolutely it, berserk. Both sides of the debate only counts when there are two sides of the debate, not a side and something you've made up. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's not a debate. So uh, Boris yeah. Johnson kicked a cow to death the other day. Did mm. he? No, but I think we should show both sides. <laughs> of him <laughs> doing something count. and not doing something. <laughs> Boris Johnson... Yeah. Who knows where he is today? Where's he today? Yeah. Mm. I wonder what he's doing right now. <laughs> Probably listening to this. Yeah, I'd imagine. Go on. The 13th of December, 1636, the Massachusetts Bay Company organises three militia companies to defend them from the Pequot Native Americans. Wow. The Pequots were um, in a war with not just the settlers, but also with the Mohegans, the Wampanoags, the Narragansett and the Algonquins after there was a big power vacuum in the 1620s and 30s in New England because a plague had wiped out 90% of the Native Americans that lived there, which oh. is the only reason there was room for settlers to arrive in Plymouth and in Massachusetts. That's handy. Like The first ones who arrived said, oh, we went to see, we went, had a walk around the other day and saw huge piles of skulls lying everywhere. Wow. Um, so this wasn't a plague that the settlers had brought. This well, they a... had because there had been oh, fishing. Right. We assume oh, it was. Okay, we assume right, yeah. it was, but not the ones who settled. It was there were fishing boats who came before the settlers did. Right. So people who would come for a season then go again. Yeah. Um, so we assume yeah. some sort of pox from yeah. those. The people. plaguey Marie too. Yeah. And so in sixteen eighteen sixteen nineteen ninety percent of the Native Americans living in New England were killed that is by that disease. Um, in sixteen twenty. Um, we turned up, we turned up, the people in the Mayflower turned up and said, oh, look, it's empty. God intends this for us to live here. And yeah. there were so few Native Americans, they couldn't chase them all away. these handy skulls. Uh, anyway, so there was a power vacuum between the various tribes, all of whom had lost a lot of people. So there was a war going on between the Pequots, the Mohegans, the Wampanoags, the Narragansetts, the Algonquins, um, into which there were also the English settlers. And the English settlers decided to take the side of the Mohegans, Wampanoags, Narragansetts and Algonquins against the Pequots. So the Pequot War lasted 1634 to 1638 um, and led to uh, the end of the Pequots. Essentially, that was, that's the end of them. Um, and But the three militia companies who were founded in on the 13th of December 1636... Became Halliburton. <laughs> that's exactly right. Not Black Halliburton. Rock. They became the National Guard. Okay. Still exists. The third one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So it's the starting of the National Guard. Well, in the interest of cultural sensitivity, not much of which we've displayed so far this round, uh, I think you have to have that point. Thank you. So that takes you to five and a half, playing four and a half. Of course, the forfeit comes on Sunday. Uh, if you haven't heard any of our Sunday shows, it's worth going back and checking them out. Yeah. But in the meantime... Full of misery we'll for be- someone. Jake! We'll, yeah, we'll be back for me to be ground underfoot a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, do subscribe and share and rate and review and do all the kind things because, mm. you know, we don't charge you. No. We don't charge you. No. 
to be honest, we could just come around your house and do this. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. It's the smell.